want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. So if you're going into business, quick nuggets of information that were painful for me to learn. If you are not traditionally an accountant, hire a freaking accountant straight out of the gate. Get somebody that can do your books and manage it. And if you're running your gym business and that's what you want to be doing, you want to be on the floor and you want to be going around to the table, so to speak, to talk to your customers and see how their meal was. You got to run your business. You need to talk to your clients, see how they're doing. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm excited as always about our podcast episode and ready to share the conversation I had with our guest, Michael Benzo. Michael understands how to build and sell a gym business. And after 15 years as a fitness leader, he built BizOps, an all-in-one software to manage members and programs for the wellness community. And I'm thrilled to have him here and you can find out more information about him at bizops.com. If this is your first time listening to our podcast and you like what you're hearing, go ahead and follow us on your favorite platform. We appreciate your support and are always truly thankful for it. Also, when you're listening to the show and you think of a friend, do them a favor, share it with them because sharing is caring and it's also a nice thing to do. My last ask is simple. Since we are new, we need ratings and reviews. We would greatly appreciate it, and it would help us reach a wider audience by leaving your feedback. By the way, if you have any other comments or feedback, feel free to connect directly with me through Instagram at meetesco. And I'd love to hear any suggestions or feedback that you want to share with me. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Andres Escobar one Now, as we dive into Michael's episode today, I'm really intrigued to get your opinion and your thoughts about what Michael is going to share with us. So let's go ahead and jump in and listen to our conversation. Hey, what's up, Michael? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to share with us here in the Gym Owners Growth Zone. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Man, I am so happy that we got some time to talk to the gym owners out there that are looking to either start a new gym, grow their current gym, or get out of the gym industry, which you're going to share with us a little bit how you went through that whole journey and and what the nuggets that you're going to share with us are going to be impactful. I just know it. So just to get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, your story, how you started, and what drove you in this direction? I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So start the kind of the very beginning. I'll, I'll be as brief as possible. So that way the listeners have a quick overview. So started off with $136, grew a PT business, personal training business to over 90 locations. I had three gym locations that I built from that from ground up my own brand and 
now I'm here in software and there's been a, a several different organizations and companies that I've developed between those chapters in my life. And I'm back into software and now I'm selling gym management software to health clubs and helping them streamline their business. And what I've found interesting is that as I'm doing this and I'm selling software to gym owners, things come up beyond just software. You know, there's things that come up about how gyms operate and how personal training is sold, the sales cycle, the marketing and advertising cycle. And none of that stuff was stuff that I studied in school. I didn't go to school for that stuff. It was, you know, learned through practice and failure and trying to remind myself what not to do. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like a quick high level on me. Yeah. And I know the rabbit hole goes deep and definitely you can unwrap a couple of those instances where, where you learned and what to do and not to do. And, and you actually shared uh, before that we started, you're telling me about a, a new gym owner that just started, right? Which is exciting, right? So exciting to have unwrap a new business, gym business. And, and he's like, dude, what was a couple of things? I mean, it's exciting to do, to get something new, but it's also terrifying to be able to uncover those holes, those gaps that you thought you hadn't filled, but they're not, right? So I, yeah, we'll, I think we'll the, uncover the, that stuff now. Yeah, I think the old adage is like, you know, when you look back at people talking about how they started their business, they, they tell you that I wrote it on the back of a napkin and then grew my business from that. And that was my business plan. That's a common story. A lot of people have that story and they meet great people and partners in life that can help them grow their idea into a real business. And I run into this a lot where yeah. you have you know, a personal trainer who has really, really good, a really good backstory. They know how to help clients, help people reach their goals, and they're very passionate about it. And they're natural nurturers. You know, they're really good at taking care of people. But then you start getting into it and they go, I'm great at taking care of people. My schedule is full and I want to grow this into a business. How do I do it? And they have this idea on how they can grow their own business. They do it, but they're stuck doing the same thing that they've always been comfortable with, which is being a personal trainer and they're not running a business. And that is one of the things that I think becomes a challenge for a lot of people that go from, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in. I think it's they start at whatever level they're in and they're great at their specific craft. They're really good at it, whether it be marketing, advertising, being a personal trainer, being a, a stylist at a salon. And then they go from being that person and being real great at it, or even an accountant. Okay, They could be a great CPA. And they go, now I want to own my own business. And when they go to that level, it's a, a different world. They have to think a little differently because now they're managing a business that requires them sometimes to oversee other people and also help educate and instruct other people. And so you have to get away from your comfort zone and start getting into this new zone that usually is a little frightening, a little uncomfortable, and yeah. be the teacher. And sometimes being the teacher is the best thing you can do because you learn yourself but through teaching that process. Sorry, that was yeah. a lot. And I, I love you. No, you did. And you know, I, you know you, you, the key word, zone, right? We love the word zone here. And I don't know if our listeners are aware of the different zones that you know the comfort zone is the f first place where you're at or you like are, are you're doing well you everything's fine everything's cool and then outside of the comfort zone is the fear zone so this is where you're not sure what's going to happen but you're in it you're like okay i i'm i'm here i might as well get through this right and then after that is the learning zone once your your fear has subsided you're learning and then after that learning zone is that growth zone and the 
track that you see that you understand that people should take? Because, you know, we all know that the roller coaster of life will take you in different directions. And so you want to make sure that that you have, right? You want to make sure that you are moving forward in the direction towards your goal. And so, so what has been like one of the things that you use as to help you stay on track? You know, I, I would say more recently than than what I had in the past. So, you know, as I've aged and gotten some of this gray hair on my beard, and when I look back on this video, I, I'm, I'm going to go, man, I wish I had that little gray hair on my beard now, you know, five years from now when I look back at this video, because I'll have a hell of a lot more. But the things that I've been doing probably over the past five to 10 years has been just consistency with my schedule. Prior to that, you know, it was whatever came up, whatever was priority, I would take. And if there was a fire, I went and, and took care of that fire. You know, going back to the to the personal training business, I've started other businesses prior to that, but they failed. Those were learned lessons for me. You know, it hurt falling flat on your face a few times and racking up credit card debt. And, uh, you know, those are lessons that it's, it was an expensive college education that I got doing that. And I would say that I may not have passed all the classes, but I did get a PhD in it. And it was learning those things not to do along the way. And part of those things that I've been not doing, and I've switched my kind of methodology on how I manage my day, has been really being consistent and intentional on how I start my day and how I end my day and the process through that uh, portion of the day. So that way, it's very consistent. It's predictable. And that allows me to make sure I execute on the things I need to execute on. When I started my first business, it was literally a bull in a china shop. I mean, just everywhere and mm. doing anything and everything, breaking a lot of eggs, uh, breaking a lot of china, so to speak. And things would come to fruition because action was happening, but it wasn't always the right action, right? So you, you it right. wasn't the intentional right. action. It was, I have to take care of this because I have to take care of this. And you get to it and you realize, well, it was something I could have taken care of later or something that actually didn't need to be taken care of, it would have worked itself out on its own. So over the years, what I've discovered is truly just setting a schedule for myself, planning out my day. I've, I've got my my book right here uh, of my entire day, You know my schedule here. So it's got everything on it from the time I wake up all the way to the time that I go to bed. And it also includes time with family. And I think that's important as well. So if you don't nurture yourself, you know, if you don't live for yourself, if you're not, you know, loving for yourself and for your family, you're not living for others and you're not mattering, it's going to be a pretty unfulfilling life. So yeah. for me, it's, Purpose, it has right? been learned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been learned not through my own experience only. It's it's also been learned through listening to others who've, you know, given presentations or keynotes that are, you know, well-known CEOs and executives what they do and following their path may not be exactly theirs, but it's a version or a framework of theirs. And I believe that as long as you're purposeful to your point about what you're intending on doing in your life and you're having fun while you're doing it, you're going to do fine. You'll, you'll do quite well. Yeah. And just to recap, like just having a system in place that you could take a look at, it's like, all right, what am I doing? What's next? And just focus on on the goals. And, you know, we've heard practices like, hey, be grateful and this and that. And, and that's mm-hmm. all important. But you have to make sure that, that you have a, because your time can be distracted and, and get that's off easy. track yeah. and, and go in different directions. It's so easy, so easy. And so speaking of that, 
how do you stay accountable? Because obviously, let's let's say you, you know you're a a gym client, a PT client. You know, you have your coach, your trainer. He's keeping you accountable. Hey, what's going on with your diet? What's going on? With your how many times you're coming in? What, what's going on? Who keeps you accountable? What's tell me about that? Yeah, you have to set. You have to have the mindset for it and setting yourself up for it. I think to the to that point, having a coach and not just having a coach in in the gym, but having a coach in your life. And you have to have an accountability partner. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's actually paying for a business coach to help you out, make sure you're on top of things. Sometimes it's your partner or spouse. And sometimes yeah. you have to realize, I mean, if you, if you don't have the the funds. Yeah, because you budget, work with your wife, right? I Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a challenge she, in itself. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a whole other story. But the benefits that I receive far outweigh you know, any potential disadvantages that exist. Yeah. You know, I've worked with a lot of family members over the years. I've worked with my brothers. I've worked with friends and all of them have been wonderful experiences. Okay. And working with my wife has been, wow. you know, there's certainly challenges there because yeah. you have to try to separate business and personal life. And sometimes both of us will, will come back yeah. into the kitchen at the end of the day when we're cooking dinner and we get involved in business talk and that can spin out sure. into taking away from personal time. But the beauty of it is, is we like to do a lot of things together, including cooking and, and hiking and spending time with our kids. So we do our best to make sure that we stay on track with our, our task and execute on it, even if it means it's personal time. But you do have to be attentional about it. At least, at least we do. Some people, they have the book already written and, and they can follow it. is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. I really want to hear about your success with working with family members. I mean, listen, I'm going to about to write down this, whatever you tell us, because this is going to be, I'll tell you, I've worked with my wife before, back when I, I used to be in, in real estate 20 years ago, and it's not easy. It's really um, no, it's not. one of the hardest things to separate, to separate, you know, the business and, and the actual relationship. And so I'm better at it now, 100%, much better. I know how to deal with it, but <laughs> I wanted to learn from you what, like, tell me about an obstacle or a challenge you had with a family member. It doesn't have to be your wife, right? It's going to be any sure, family oh, member yeah. and how you were able to overcome it and come into, into like agreement, you know? So let me just give you this one piece that, and I don't know if this is just me or if it is my personality traits or if it's, you know, something intentional that I've naturally created over the years as a person. But I like to think that I'm relatively mindful about the people that I work with, regardless of who they are, family members or friends or 
you know, associates that I've, I've met along the way and we've gotten in the business together. But the, the component of being mindful is going, all right, so let's say, you know, you and I are, are family members and, you know, we're thinking about getting into business together. When it's looked at, I go, okay, you know, number one, we have this idea we want to execute on, but at the same time, we're brothers. And how do I make sure that the brotherhood doesn't get damaged while we're also focusing on on the business. So no different than working with a business partner is laying out the, the framework and the groundwork and essentially the rules saying, hey, listen, I don't want our brotherhood to ever get broken. That's more important than the business. It always will be. So let's establish some guidelines here. And if things get out of hand, we know when to call it quits. But if it doesn't get out of hand, we know that both of us will be successful in this in this particular category. So that's, you know, it may be, for some that might so no be no hard cold, feelings cold, basically what it yeah, sounds like yeah. right and for some that might be a cold way to look at to look at it but i think it's important to have established that in the beginning before you really yeah, get the down rules, the road right? you set the rules before yeah. you start the game you set the rules super yeah yeah otherwise you know you're playing a game and as you're playing the game the rules start changing and somebody's calling a foul when there shouldn't be a foul you know according to you so yeah and then that's when it gets messy you know you start yelling at the ref. So no, that a hundred percent, like who's the ref at that? Who's the ref? <laughs> and then, right. Yeah. <laughs> it can get really sticky. It's like playing street ball, right? There's, right. there's no ref out right. there. So it's, it's whoever says is the right, right call. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, obviously, you know, a lot of these practices can be worked in, in many businesses, but right now you're in the fitness industry, basically serving the, the fitness world with your software. What is the biggest issue in the fitness industry that you see that needs to be changed? Yeah, I would say at the end of the day, it really comes down to service. And I don't think that's just fitness in general. I think it's just business in general is taking care of your customers, taking care of your clients, making sure that they're happy and being totally customer centric. But in order to do that, you have to be focused on your business. And in order to be focused on your business and be focused on your customers, you have to have some of these other things on autopilot that can manage themselves. And that was really where the focus of the software came into play. I remember running my businesses, running my multiple gyms and multiple personal training locations. We had at one point over 300 trainers working for us at once. And managing software was not what I wanted to be doing all day. And I didn't want my operators in the locations having to check up on the software information nonstop. I wanted some automations to be in place so that way they could focus on their clients. And that was really kind of the aha moment for me that we needed to create something. And that was back in 2009. So we created our first iteration of software in 2009. It evolved. You know, We had three or four different versions of it. 2018, we got back to the drawing board, broke it down, and then built something else that I think rivals you know, a lot of the other products that are on the market today that people don't know about us and that's okay. We'll be known over time. And it's just about making the the product easy to use and available for those who are trying to run their business. So they can be customer centric because when they're right. not there focused on their customer, it's like having bad service at a restaurant. Food's great, but the service was awful. So you sometimes don't go back. Yeah. And it's the service is really the key to, like you said, like any business, like we can't control, like for example, we're both in the software world and we can't control bugs happening. It's just, it's oh, going to yeah. happen. We know it's not an if, it's when. No, micro, Microsoft, Google, Apple, they all have them. 
they all have them. It doesn't matter yeah. how big or small you are. But the, what you can control is how you react to it. What is your engagement going to look like when something happens, right? And service is, is the biggest thing that we can control. And so I love that because it's, it's a problem that, you know, why are you have to answer the question, like, what's the root problem? Why is my service not up to par? And I forget up to par or up to snuff. It's just, it needs to be outstanding. Expectation, yeah. Yeah, it needs to be like crazy, especially out the gate, right? When somebody comes to your gym and they become a new member, like, what is their experience? How are they learning what the culture is inside the gym? I actually just think of one gym that, that I, one of our clients, they're a clean fanatic, everything. And so everybody there cleans their machine after they use it. And the, the place is impeccable, you know? their reviews show that they're impeccable. And so it, it kind of influences the whole new members, the current members. It just becomes this like culture of cleanliness. It's just like, wow. And th there's small boutique gym, you know, and, but it's great. But what are you doing outside of that? Is there anything else that, you know, how are you teaching your new members what it is to be a, a gym member at your gym, right? And so- in the beginning is super important. So yeah, the service is, is by far very, very important. So Michael, knowing your history and how you've grown your gyms and having so many trainers and managing all those people, is there any like concepts or best practices that you could share with us that helped you find the success you did? Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, going back to starting my business, Personal training, I, I started with $136 and opened my first location through a you know, contract that I had with another health club. And that grew very quickly. It was unexpected, the kind of growth we had. So out of the gates, I had what I would say the true overnight growth and I wasn't prepared for it. So one of the things that we had, and I'm not by any means a uh, you know an MBA I got a master's degree, but not in business. And I, so I haven't taken a ton of accounting courses and I haven't taken a ton of financial courses. And from my perspective, it's like, I can figure it out. It's a bank account, you know, with the register and it has all the records there of the money's coming in and money's coming out. I'll figure it out. And that's a common, I think, misconception on how a business owner getting into running a full business should be really looking at stuff because really for me, it was, it was a nightmare. I remember my first or second year in business, I ended up owing, it was close to $200,000 in taxes. And I didn't understand why. And this is, wow. a, I think, a common thing that happens for a lot of business owners that get into this and they, they start making some money. They're going, I didn't realize how much money I had to pay. So because I was managing this on my own and I had someone who I hired at a, a low cost to handle my books. She wasn't a, uh, a formal bookkeeper and she was keeping information on an Excel spreadsheet, you know, not doing anything through QuickBooks or, or Peachtree or any of the accounting softwares, because quite frankly, neither I nor her knew how to set those things up. And it was a painful learned experience to know that you have this letter come in the mail from the IRS saying you owe that much money. And uh, I could get my head wrapped around it. So then I spent money you know, spend additional money getting an accountant to properly do our books. Then I spent additional money to have another accountant because I hired a cheap accountant because that was the way I was thinking. 
to then look at my previous tax history and recognize that there were mistakes made by the accountant that I previously hired. I hired in, in the very beginning a C-rate attorney to put together our legal contracts, which didn't help me when it came to collecting funds or we had a couple instances where somebody got hurt and you know we had the insurance to cover us, but we didn't have the right legal documentation. So if you're going into business, quick nuggets of information that were painful for me to learn. If you are not traditionally an accountant, hire a freaking accountant. Okay. Straight out of the gate, get somebody that can do your books and manage it. And if you're running your, your gym business and that's what you want to be doing, you want to be on the floor and you want to be going around to the table, so to speak, to talk to your customers and see how their meal was. You know, you see that at really good restaurants, the owners will come around and see how your meal was. Right. Same thing. You're the owner. You got to run your business. You need to talk to your clients, see how they're doing. They might be having a shitty situation with their trainer, but they're not going to say it to their trainer, but they might tell you. And then you can switch them over to a new trainer because you don't want to damage those relationships either with your trainer or with your clients. And then, like I said, out of the gates, you know, just have a plan and set it up correctly so you don't end up having to pay taxes or have a bad legal contract with somebody or, you know, lucky I went through that because, you know, I, I learned my lesson early on to make sure that when I started leasing buildings for my gym space, that I went to a good attorney to make sure that, you know, I had a good lease set up and that I, I wasn't totally on the hook for everything if something went haywire. So it's just knowing those things. And if you're, you're purchasing equipment, you want an accountant that's going to know, you know, how are you going to be amortizing or depreciating the assets that you have over the course of so many years? You know, is it going to be a five or a seven or did the laws yeah. change? I mean, laws change all the time. And, you know, that's probably the, the number one thing you can do because that deals with your money. And if your money is screwed up, your business is screwed up. Yeah. And that's actually leads perfectly into like what I wanted to ask you next. It's like ties in perfectly because like, what would you invest into more? And so that way you can see that growth faster. Like what would be something that you would invest in? Like basically on the story you just told us, I, I can mm. derive it, but is there anything outside of that? Or is it just like the bookkeeping and the accounting aspects really fine-tuned, especially with legal, right? Because legal yeah. gets involved in that. Is there anything yeah, outside I mean, of that? It, if I were to pick three to five top things starting off, mm -hmm. you know, number one would just be having your ducks in a row. And ducks in a row doesn't just mean your I's dotted and your T's crossed and the agreements in place that you need to have. Your ducks in a row really means the the overall structure of your business. How do you plan on growing? And that includes your team. I mean, I love playing football, but if I go out on the field and I'm going to play against 11 other guys and I don't have a freaking team behind me, I'm screwed. It's one against 11. So we were taught this at a very early age. I don't know if you, you remember or anybody listening remembers, but playing dodgeball. I mean, I, I remember the right. kids who did get didn't get picked. I felt shitty for them. But the reality was, was you were picking your teams based on skill and ability. And right. you did that at an early age to excel in a game. And this is a game of life. So you better be picking the right freaking team members to be on your team and assess their skill and mm. ability so you don't screw up because they're going to give you the right advice. So you don't make that mistake. I think that's important early on. So doing that is number one. Number two is making sure you're investing in yourself. 
call it a prima donna or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, egotistical. In the very beginning, that's how I was because I had this business that just shot up. I mean, making a shit ton of money very quickly. And I thought right. I was king shit. You know, I thought I was standing on top of the hill. And the reality was I knew nothing. I just happened to have a good system and a good process. And I had good people surrounding me and my business took off because of that. What I didn't know was a lot of the other things about how to be a business owner, how to operate, how to scale, how to drive revenue, how to be a better salesperson, so many other things that could have made me a better business person early on that took me years of painful mistakes to learn later down the road. So investing in yourself, learning from other business owners, even if you think you've got something you know, that's candy sweet and that thing is going to sell off the racks like crazy, maybe it will, but that doesn't mean everything else is good. It just means you've got candy sweet on a rack that everybody likes and that's it. You don't have anything else. So know what it is that you've got and then learn how to build beyond that. Are there other services you can offer? Are there other Mm. target audiences that you can target so you can build your revenue streams? Are there other products you can offer that would be an easy upsell in your business? Is there a way to negotiate your lease that makes it easier for you to continue growing? If you're in a time of, of another freaking crazy pandemic like COVID and you might be in a, in a hot seat, how can you work around that? And if you'd been working with yeah. other business owners, you will know other strategies to make sure your business survives. So making sure you're educated and you stay educated and you continue to learn. And then the, the other component is teaching the rest of your team, like helping them learn and become educated and become better. Right. Because if, if you're investing in them, a lot of times they're going to stick around or stick around longer, at least because you've shown that you care about them. And it's not just about caring about them so your business does well. It's about caring about them so they have a legacy for themselves that they can leave behind. It's not just you being you know, that guy on top of the hill. You're the guy who's helping pull them on top of that hill as well. So you've got to think about those things. And, and it's not me getting up here preaching. I'm, when I say you've got to, it's not me saying literally you have to. It's just me emphasizing. We all have to. <laughs> I'm talking to myself yeah. here, buddy. Right? Yeah, so, right. <laughs> You're it, listening to yourself, I hope, right? We're all listening. It's it's great, great advice. You know, yeah, good thing you said that because remember that again, Michael. You know, so it's those things that I find important. And the, the very final thing, you know, I think this is number four or number five. Is you know outside of having you're on five systems. you're on five but I, I'm I'm okay. keeping mental note of it and it's right. and it's I mean it all relates to each other which is beautiful and I don't want to take away go ahead what's number five I'm like what is it outside of you know building on that and having good systems in place systems including software and I'm not you know just trying to plug myself because there's other software tools out there that you could use you know like ReviewBiz or anything else and I'm not just trying to plug you either but the reality is is that there are software tools and systems in place that help you automate certain things. And you don't need to automate everything. You need to automate some things because you need that personal touch and personal component. But beyond all of that stuff is making sure that you've got a good plan for organic and paid or inorganic advertising and marketing because you have to continue to be relevant. And relevancy means being worthwhile to listen to, being worthwhile to pay attention to, having some content. And I hope this is worthwhile for anybody listening. But having some content that somebody can take a little piece of that and go, I can apply that. I can apply that to my business or I can apply that for training or I can apply that for an exercise. You know, if you're that business owner, that gym owner that's putting that information out there for your clients for free, there's no cost to them. You're relevant. You're important. So 
those are my five things. I think I gave like a five and a half or six. You did. No, that was five. And I'll actually give the half real quick because, you know, you inspired me to give this information that I offer to, to a lot of our clients. You know, the faster you're able to get feedback is the faster you're able to build and grow your business. Mm-hmm. And so okay. at the end, you just mentioned that, like, you know, the content, the feedback that you get from your, from your customers and put it out there. Like, don't just hold on to it, put it out there. And again, like I'm speaking now, I'm also speaking to myself, like that's God bless you. I'm also speaking to myself, like that's something that I need to do more of, right? We need to do more content creation to put it out there. So people are aware of the nuggets that I just, you know, found, like, this is a great nugget. We're not here to keep it secret. We're here to, to let the whole world know that, hey, we exist. And this is the, the good stuff that, that you need to listen to and take it on for yourself. Yeah. And I, I'm like such a believer in this is a lot of the people that I follow that I pay attention to that are, you know, they're, they're either curators of information or, you know, they're CEOs of companies. Can you think of, of, of like one or two that like influence you? Because that, that would be super cool because I would love to kind of. Yeah. So, so these, specifically these Ed Milet and, and uh, Brandon Burchard, these, those two guys come to mind right away, but yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're really personal development people. And obviously they also run companies as well. But yeah, thinking of them and a lot of others, there's a whole host of people out there, including Christopher Clausen, who is an ex, he was kind of my mentor. He was a CEO of a company that I worked for. Mark Zabel, who is the CEO of a, a large company now, who I worked, you know, directly with, and even friends who who are in those organizations. But a lot of people, they're out there and they serve others. They literally, genuinely serve other people with either information or help right. or out of just generosity and with no expectation of receiving anything back. And when you can do those things, then you naturally start to get, be re- you start to get rewarded without even recognizing it. it happens over time. So the position that I'm in, not that I, I know all, but I certainly have some shitholes that I've stepped in. And if anybody's walking the same path that I've taken, I want to stand up a sign and say, Hey, watch out. You know, there's a big pile of shit right there. What don't step in it. You know, so that way they know if they're going to be walking the same path, they're on the same trajectory. They don't fall into that trap. They don't end up getting sticky, stinky feet, you know? So if I can serve that way and say, Hey, you know, it may not be for you, but I learned from this really awful way. Don't take this path. It's, it's awful you know, you're going to get hurt. So maybe go down that way. And if I can do that and it serves somebody, yeah, great. At some point in time, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'm going to get a piece of information that's been helpful to me because I know that I already have and soaking up what I can. So. Yeah. We have to reach out to those people that can invest in us so we can invest in others. I mean, that's just plain and simple. And, and they're going to let us know of those, you know, hiccups and the things that, that we need to look out for. Right. Oh um, yeah. I'm thinking about like a ship, you know, you have the guy that's up there in the top, you know, those, those pirate ships, <laughs> you know, we look at the cartoons, right? He's overseeing the monocular, yeah. right? The little thingy. Yeah. And the captain needs to know the, bino- you know, have the monocular, the periscope, whatever, what are you going to call it? But yeah, no, those, those are super important. And I think the monoculars are the, 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 these, right? The periscope is like the extendable. Yeah. Oh, the periscope is the, the yeah, yeah, the extendable. Yeah. One, you can extend the, it. You, you had it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> submarine. Whatever you're doing here, that was that was periscope for a submarine. Periscope. 
Yeah, the submarine. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is cool, man. I think we're almost at the end here, and so I want to make sure that we we capture. I have I call it the Furious Fast Five or the Fast <laughs> Five Furious questions. I'm just gonna like shoot them at you, and you just whatever pops what happens, into but... your pops into your mind. So here we go. Ready? And we kind of covered this already, so you can you can cheat and use it pass answer. This is not a test that you usually take on a school. Oh, so okay, okay, okay. Who is it? Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to come up with a unique answer. It's cool if you use a past one. Who is an influential person in your business journey? In my business journey, uh, definitely. Or person. Yeah, uh, Christopher Clausen, Mark Zabel, my own father, nice. yeah, my, my brothers, my family members. You know, when I, I, I know these are supposed to be fast, but I'm just going to give you some, a little bit of insight on the way that I think. So, sure. Love it. A lot of times when I reflect, I think to myself, if I'm doing this, whatever it is I'm doing to reach whatever target or goal or perspective or yeah. new idea, if I'm doing this, what is it that that person is going to think? What do they feel or think about what it is that I'm, I'm uh, trying to achieve? So I try and put myself in their shoes on some level because then it helps me understand my perspective a little bit better. Nice. So I, I listed like yeah. you know, four and or five people. Being empathetic, basically, right? If I could just bring it down to a word, being empathetic. Yeah. How they're going to receive it. Right. No, that's good. So what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? A good accountant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Earmark that one right there, guys. That's, yeah. uh, that's super important. You know, cool. And then the next one is what's a book, podcast, blog, or something that you consume that has positively impacted you? Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blunt. Ooh, is that right? Yeah. So yeah, that was a good one. Uh, good, interesting story. Uh, you know, I, I know Jeb Blunt very well, very well, not very well, but through a, a real good friend of mine. They're like in partnership. Oh, that's cool. He's, he's in your social, social circle. He's also in my social circle. So if you ever need to uh, get him on a podcast or something, he just has a new book that came out too as well. So uh, oh, cool. let, let me know. I know you have a podcast as well. So yeah. we'll, we'll make sure we'll link that up as well here. And do you have like a favorite online tool that you'd like to share with us that is not review biz? I know you want to say review biz, but that outside of review biz, of course, right? Or your own, right? Outside of review biz and outside of BizOps software, I would say Loom is a, has been a really useful, cool tool that I use quite often. What's happened, Loom? And if you don't know what Loom is, it's you know a, a video creation tool that allows you to share information pretty quickly. And for me, it helps streamline meetings because if there's something that I need to talk to somebody about very quickly, and I know that they may not be available, or for me, like I, I showed you, like I have my book here of my schedule. So if I'm going through stuff and I'm like, oh, especially for me for software, like I'm looking at something very specific. I want something to be a very specific way. I'll record something related to the software and say, this is how it needs to work. This is what needs to happen right. here. The features, the function or, you know, whatever needs to happen. And then I'll send it off. They get the information. And then later I, I get, uh, you know, another review on it. So it just makes things super fast. And then WhatsApp. Yeah. I communicate with people all the time and it's another easy tool. Yeah. And it, and it's funny, interesting enough, people, I don't know, think they know, but you can actually install WhatsApp on your computer. So it becomes this online tool, right? It's not just on your phone and the loom part. Yeah. Like I don't th know anybody who can manage an, a remote team without loom and show them and Hey, this is what I want. This is what I need. 
So I love it. That sounds good. The last one, not the least, what's one habit or practice that you do that you believe everybody would benefit from? Taking a cold shower in the morning and uh, at least for like 30 seconds, you know, toward the tail end if you can't handle the whole Ooh. thing. And then uh, waking yeah. up early, you know, the early bird gets the worm. Yeah. The book of uh, waking up at 5 a.m. by Kent Mel Robbins, I think, wrote it. I can't remember who wrote it. I'm probably totally yeah. butchering that. But, you know, being consistent every single day about what you're trying to do. And I'm giving you three. You asked one. Every night before I go to bed, I write down my plan for tomorrow. Because I, I oh, used wow. to write okay. it out. I used to write it out for a whole week. But then something yeah. spins. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to fix something else midweek. And your whole plan doesn't work out. So... Every night I plan my next day. That way, if something I missed today, I can get back to it tomorrow and I don't leave it forgotten. Man, this is so good. I love it. You have been a really good guest, man. I really appreciate it, man. One last thing. And I really, this is basically take yourself, if you can go back in time and share one piece of advice, because you shared so many nuggets. I mean, from investing in yourself, getting the right people around you. I mean, Honestly, and then the routines and the consistency, that stuff is beautiful. It's, you can unpack those and, and go deeper in those. But if you just had one, if you go back in time and share one piece of advice with yourself, what would it be? Advertise. Hmm. Advertise and stay on social. This word of mouth to keep it out there. Just keep pushing it out there. Keep pushing your info. I, uh, yeah. I kick myself because the businesses that I started could have been so much bigger, but I had this belief in my mind that social media was really just a, a place to, and it was at the time when I was using it years ago, was a place to hook up. And it was a place to meet people, not intentionally through business. And Facebook has evolved and LinkedIn has evolved. You know, Twitter has evolved. Instagram has evolved. So all these social yeah. platforms is the way of communication. Yeah. And don't sleep on TikTok either, right? Oh, TikTok And, and any, any new yeah. ones that come out. Yeah. Yeah. And all the new ones that come out, make sure you, yeah, pay attention. It's a form of communication that people use and, and your audience, like Michael said, they're going to change and evolve. And hey, if you, you got to grab your piece of that, of that pie as soon as you can. And you just got to be open to it, man. I mean, like I really recall when Facebook came out and it was really to communicate with people on college campuses. I mean, I age myself here, but that's, that's what it was used for. And I was already out of college when that was happening. So it was not a tool purposeful or intentional for businesses and it has evolved into that and straying away from opportunities and not being open-minded enough to recognize that you know something might exist today that will evolve into something new that could benefit you you know just have an open mind and explore i love it man you got to keep open keep open for new opportunities where you're going to be able to get uncomfortable right we want to get oh, yeah. uncomfortable right get out of that comfort zone right you just you gotta you have to so Man, thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate you sharing with us your nuggets of, of advice and, and your wisdom that, you know, we look forward to having you again. So thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate your time, man. Thanks. Hey, that was so good. Wow, I just can't imagine managing as many locations as Michael did. It gave him that insight that he needed to create his software. And I truly enjoyed the principle of being customer centric and focusing on service. Also, never underestimate the power of hiring people that are strong where you are weak. I would love to hear, by the way, what stood out 
for you and go ahead and drop me that information and that comment on Instagram. You can find me at Meet Esco. I'd be super grateful to hear from you. So go ahead and let me know. Also, if you need to do so and you thought about somebody while listening to the podcast, go ahead and share it with them. So I want to thank you right now for your time and your attention in listening to our show. And remember to follow or subscribe if you still need to do so. Our next episode is going to be with Thad and Jody from Fit Body Bootcamp. And I can't wait to have you listen to that episode. So I'll be seeing you next time in the growth zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.